the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Thank you for joining me for the Shropshire and Marchers circuit service on this fifth Sunday in Lent. We've never tried anything like this before and I'm aware that the sound quality may be variable, especially if you've joined us by telephone. Please bear with us. On a practical note, I've muted everyone's microphone for technical reasons and we'll unmute them when we come to prayers of intercession. That may or may not make sense to anybody, but uh, tr trust me on this, okay? I'm grateful to all those who have agreed to help with this experiment. Music has been provided by Pastor Jacob from our Northern Area Ministry Team. We also have a poem from Andy Skitt, a circuit local preacher, and a short reflection on the Gospel will be offered by the Reverend James Eaton Challoner. My name is Richard Hall, Circuit Superintendent. I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and remind you of his promise that where two or three are gathered, he is present. In the midst of our crisis and confusion, we proclaim that God is faithful. And so we come to worship 
with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. It is he who will redeem his people from all their sins. Our hymn is number 666 from Singing the Faith, Master Speak, Thy Servant Heareth. Just a word about singing, uh, which is to say, uh, join in if, you, if you'd like to. We're not broadcasting or recording any, um, any of the singing, so uh, what happens in, your, in the comfort of your own home remains uh, in, in the comfort of your own home. I hand over to Jacob as he leads us in our, in our song, Master Speak, Thy Servant Heareth. Let us pray. 
Loving God, we remember that you are here with us. May we pray to you in faith, sing your praise with gratitude, and listen to your word with eagerness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And let us confess our sins to God. Loving God, we have sinned against you in what we have thought, said and done. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. We are truly sorry and turn away from what is wrong. Forgive us for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. This is his gracious word. Your sins are forgiven. Amen. Thanks be to God. As our Saviour taught his disciples, we pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. A Gospel reading comes from John and chapter 11. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death, rather it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Teacher, they were just now trying to stone you. Are you going to go there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death. They thought he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. Let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us go also, that we may die with him. When Thomas, uh, when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. 
Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away. And many of the people had come to Martha and to Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The people who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the people who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. The people said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Jesus looked up upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him, and let him go. Many of the people, therefore, who had come with Mary, and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. Lazarus eyes. Resurrection wheedles through his body. Nerve cells nudge into twitches, breaths and heartbeats. Eyes slit open, but the path of light is haltingly blood-coursed, 
as sleepy neurons curse the unexpected dawn. A curdled milk hue slowly focuses, as cornea, iris, pupil, lens, retina, macula, optic disc and nerve flicker back to life. He reaches for the sound of a voice calling his name, spies the stench of tentatively putrid flesh. As he steps from the tomb, the world shakes off its dulling mantle, and he glimpses for a moment what God once saw, a creation without flaws, slinking out of the garden. May I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sometimes it's really tempting when reading a book, watching a film, or a series of t on TV, on perhaps on playback, or listening to a podcast. Sometimes it's really tempting to turn to the last chapter, the last page, or fast forward to the end of what you're watching in order to get to the happy ending, if there is one. And then to go back and read or watch, knowing that all the gloom, difficulties and problems that the characters in the story are exposed to, all of those will be sorted out in the end. We're currently journeying through Lent, with its emphasis on penitence and self-reflection. And today we arrive at Passion Sunday. We're moving inexorably towards the events of Holy Week, with its joys and its sorrows. But at this time in the church's year, it's easy to focus on the joy of Easter and take the passion of Jesus simply as something to be gotten through in the knowledge that there is at the end of all this a happy ending. If we can do with that with the gospel reading as well. Yes, Jesus raised Lazarus from death, but that shouldn't blind us to the grief and desolation felt by his family, his community and Jesus himself when they all realise that he's in fact dead. Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, are despairing and are utterly disappointed by the fact that Jesus didn't come and heal their brother when he had the chance. This disappointment and despair is made all the more intense by the fact that both Mary and Martha knew that Jesus could in fact heal. The disciples are confused and concerned as they too wonder what Jesus was doing, why he didn't immediately rush to Lazarus's aid. Now of course the world and our society, our community is gravely afflicted by Covid-19 at the moment. Life has been turned upside down. Many of us live amidst the fear and the confusion. Dismay can be detected in market fluctuations, budget deficits and closures of business. Despair can be felt by those who have lost their livelihoods, their jobs, their security. 
Panic is perceptible amongst those employees whose jobs require they remain even in the midst of the pandemic. At this time of crisis, the world has become a village and our siblings are desperate for a tangible pronouncement of the presence of God. Looking back to the Gospel reading within that community called Disciples or called Christ Followers, way back in his ministry Jesus had cultivated an intimacy that allowed Mary and Martha to expect healing. The disappointment of the delay occurs within the expectation of response. And even, even in this moment, they remain faithful. Yet the complexity of emotions is real. And there's a truth that we also need to hear right now. That truth is that sometimes disappointment, despair and faith coexist. Mary and Martha don't demand a fix when Jesus finally arrives. They continue to believe Jesus is the source of their hope. So that text, that gospel reading, is full of signs of God's faithfulness to restore life in this world world permeated with death and destruction. The signs restore our capacity to see God's faithfulness in the face of disaster. Jesus will venture to the very place his life is most threatened in the coming days Jerusalem. There he encounters the very element that most threatens humanity, death. And as we see Christ's sorrow May we recognise the regret of God that his creation is in agony. Confusion is reasonable. God doesn't see people as humans do. God doesn't see as people see. Jesus is not stymied by the disciples' defeatist attitude masquerading as bravado, or Mary and Martha's disappointment masquerading as anticipation of a future hope. And it will be from this intimacy of relationships that Christ's final sign of God's presence and power will be exhibited. In solidarity with a world where the threat of death is evident in political posturing economic inequality, medical malpractice, individual isolation, regional rivalry and denominational discord, God in, in Jesus approaches the stench of our strife. In faithfulness to God's desire to give humanity abundant life, Jesus calls us by name. Jesus does not speak to the dead man or the brother of the mourners or the one buried by the community Jesus calls out to Lazarus, Lazarus. 
And so, of course, we know that our faith is based on the hope of resurrection. Yes, we know that one day in the coming weeks or months, life will return to normal. And then we may have a chance to more fully mourn our dead. But also to give thanks for the signs of hope and renewal that we see in our society. Despite what has gone on. But perhaps all that we can do now is to inhabit the confusion and the despair. And hold on to our faith in Jesus Christ. As the psalmist says, when we cry out to God, then God does indeed hear us. Yet our hope is that God, in the midst of our despair, confusion and fear... That God continues to call each one of us by name, weeps with us, shares our hopes and our joys. Because God is our hope and salvation. Amen. Hello everybody. Here's hymn 256 from Singing the Faith. This hymn is called When I Needed a Neighbour. Lots of people are showing themselves to be good neighbours at the moment, so good for you. And this hymn written by Sidney Carter who lived from 1915 to 2004. It's a more modern hymn. It's based on Matthew 25 when the Lord says, Whenever you did this for the least of my brethren, did it for me. And so now here is the hymn when I needed a neighbour. Were you there? Were 
bless one another in the words of the grace may the grace of our lord jesus christ and the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with us all evermore amen <laughs>